what triggered this bizarre behavior. Journey into the cold heart of northern darkness with Nordic crimes. That case uh, became like a scene from a horror movie. A new true crime documentary series that chilled the bone. The hunger for killing is increasing in the course of these homicides. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nordic Crimes is a part of the ACAST family. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, this is a collect call from Jason Vukovic. An incarcerated individual at Goose Creek Correctional Center. Hello, and welcome back to One Minute Remaining. My name is Jack Lawrence, the host and creator of this show. Today, I check in with the man they call the Alaskan Avenger. A man who would be sentenced to 23 years in prison for targeting three pedophiles from the National Sex Offenders List in June of 2016. Today, I check in with Jason Vukovic. So those of you who have heard Jason's story will know by now that I've mentioned how this prison is in fact one of the hardest prisons for me to communicate with due to the fact that I am not a US citizen. Unlike the other men and women that I speak with, I'm unable to send Jason messages and rely solely on his wonderful sister and biggest supporter, Annie, to be my go-between. Now on top of that, this prison, until actually quite recently, would not allow the inmates to call any numbers outside of the United States. So to fix this issue, I purchased a US number, the calls to which come through my computer. However, Jason's prison system somehow recognises these numbers and once we've used them once, the following day, the number gets blocked. So I have to purchase a new one and so on. But as mentioned, recently, news came out that the facility was now allowing international calls. So, of course, I was overjoyed. So Annie gave Jason my mobile number to give me a call. But, of course, as I should already be aware, by now, this is a prison. And nothing is quite that simple. And consent to this recorded call, press 1. If you would like to permanently block your... Thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Hey, hey! 
Can you hear me? I can't hear you, my friend. If you if you can hear me, for some reason, I cannot hear you. If you can hear me, buddy, maybe... This went on for about 15 minutes. Thank you for using Securus. Have I got gotcha. Man, I don't know what's going on with these phones, my friend. If you can hear me. For some reason, I cannot hear you. Uh, Until eventually... I gave up and decided to buy another US number, and we tried again. You will only be charged the per minute rate <clears throat> for the amount of time you were on the phone. Are you there, Jace? We currently accept Visa or oh. MasterCard. Please enter a valid 16-digit credit or debit card number now. Your payment has been approved. Hello? This call <sighs> is not private. <laughs> it will be recorded and may be monitored. Thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Boy, I tell you what. There we go. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, work around here, isn't it? Oh, my God, dude. I tell you what. Uh-huh. I gave your sister another number, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, I haven't registered that number with Securus, and I'm trying to frantically type it in, and then anyway, we're here now. How are you, bro? Man, you know, I survived. Yeah. I tell you what. This is, this is what I call penetrating the fourth wall. Oh. I tell people if you can if you can penetrate the fourth wall and actually get through to me, you're doing big things. So Yeah. <laughs> Jack, my friend, you're doing big things. Determination, my friend. Determination goes a long, long way. Right. Exactly right. As most will know, Jason was recently up for parole and was in fact granted that parole. However, in their odd wisdom the parole board would decide that Jason would get this parole in another five years. It's a decision that has baffled many, including our very own attorney, Michael Leonard. But at the same time, it was kind of a a gutless um, performance by that parole board in saying, gee, okay, we'll give it to you, but you got to do five more years. That's, That's absolutely unheard of. And has also, understandably, frustrated Jason. After that episode went out about Jason's situation, I made a suggestion that the OMR community flood him with postcards and letters for him to read. Messages that would hopefully help bring his spirits up. And, well, of course, you delivered. And Jason was extremely grateful for the gesture. Anyway, well, I did want to tell you that uh, I wanted to say thanks to all of the wonderful, kind people that sent me little postcards and words of encouragement and stuff like that from over there in your part of the world. So thanks I'm to gl- everybody for that stuff. I'm glad they awesome. came through. Yeah, they're, they're people. everyone was very excited to, to send you a few bits and pieces and, uh, you know, everyone was just as devastated about the news of this ridiculous parole situation uh, and uh, right. wanted to try and do just something, you know, something little just to, to send you a little bit of love. It was awesome. I got a couple of little, little gorgeous, well, excuse me, I got black and white photographs of some gorgeous postcards from over there in Australia. Oh. So, so definitely they, lifted my spirits. You don't yeah, get, the, you don't get the, the actual version of them, uh, the actual real version. No, no. They, uh, when, when coronavirus sort of swept over the world, they used that as their reason to start photograph or photocopying all mail incoming. Um, so I get photocopies of mail, but nonetheless... The, the love and the intent made its way through to my heart, so I appreciate that very, very much. It meant well, a lot to me. As always, Jason is somewhat pragmatic about his situation and continues to find ways in which to keep himself busy and focused in an otherwise chaotic environment. As we know, Jason is now walking a tightrope for the next five years, as any small infraction against him 
could spell the end of that parole and see him in there for the full 23-year sentence. One way that he likes to keep himself busy is by helping young offenders and new inmates and tells me about a young guy who recently came in with a very lengthy sentence of his own. You know, we're just toughing it out one day at a time. That's what I do. Get up in the morning, make sure I knock out the workouts, and uh, that keeps my mind right. And uh, I got a couple of youngsters that I've sort of been teaching how to do time. It's kind of crazy. One of these kids, uh, he's 19 years old, and he lit a couple of buildings on fire. And uh, there was no no human injury or anything like that, but just property loss. They gave this kid 37 years in prison. So I like to catch them when they're real young and kind of school them up and, you know, teach them how to do time, no gangs, no drugs, that sort of thing. 37 so, years. Yeah, 37 years. Yeah. Over here, over here in this part of the world, you know, the U.S. in general, but especially this portion of the U.S., yeah, they drop time on people's heads like, you know, like it's candy. That's what they do. And uh, it's crazy. And I think his actual sentencing range was somewhere like 10 to 12 or 10 to, 10 to 14 years or something. But uh, the judge can use various, you know, reasons to extend that sentencing by, by period. So he felt it was necessary. And, uh, you know, this, this kid in particular... He had a full-ride scholarship to UCLA, which is a pretty big college for soccer. And, uh, you know, he just went through something his senior year of high school. I don't know what it was. And, uh, like I say, a little couple of houses on fire. <clears throat> and uh, I think it was a house and a business. And, again, no human injury or anything. But now his whole life is transformed. So I kind of, you know, have made it my personal, you know, mission. I catch them when they're young and try to teach them how to live learn how to live in a monastery uh, in a way that's beneficial to your soul. Um, you know, it costs a lot, but there is a way to do it where you learn something and you grow as a result of the experience. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do. You know, if I got to be here, I might as well make it positive and productive. So I think it's important to jump in here because I think this is a, a good example of my gripe because as Jason and I discussed this young man in his 37-year prison sentence, it could possibly sound like the conversation is leaning towards a, a suggestion that this poor young man shouldn't be punished for his crime. Uh, and I know there's people who have accused me in the past of being a soft touch and someone who thinks that prisons shouldn't exist. And that's just not the case. I think that there are plenty of people in prison that should be there and should not be let out. There's people who get let out that I don't believe should be let out. And vice versa, there's people not in prison that I think should be in prison. But As we talk about this young man, now, of course, I don't know his background and I don't know his situation, but he set fire to two buildings. He needs to be punished. He needs to go to prison. My gripe with this situation, if I'm to go by what Jason is telling me, is that this kid otherwise seemingly had a pretty squeaky clean background. So we're going to take a kid with no priors who's for some reason set fire to two buildings and we're going to give him a 37-year prison sentence. As Jason mentions, the statutory sentencing for what this kid had done was between 10 to 14 years. I think we can all agree 10 to 14 years of your life is still a hell of a long time and a lot more reasonable than 37 years. How does that happen? Who makes the decision that instead of that, we're going to double it, more than double it, and give this young man 37 years? 
So he won't be out of prison until he's 54. That's 37 years in prison around murderers, rapists and career criminals. No rehabilitation and I would suggest absolutely no access to mental health services to maybe get to the root cause of just why this kid apparently went from being squeaky clean to setting fire to two buildings. All we're going to do is lock him up till he's 54 and then we'll let him out. Does that work? Well, with America that's got the highest incarceration rate in the world, as well as some of the toughest sentences in the world, I think it's pretty safe to say that no, it doesn't. Has he got any parole attached to that sentence? I think, I mean, I'm sure there's parole at the end of it. Usually there is, five years, ten years, something like that, uh, you know, at the end. But uh, just to see these guys, man, coming in the door nowadays, also we have fentanyl is a scourge over in this part of the world. I don't know what it's doing in your country yet, but I'm seeing a lot of these young guys coming in, 18, 19 years old, and uh, it's just, man, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing, so... Um, you have to, it's weird because the next few generations coming up, they are pain averse. They don't want to hurt emotionally or otherwise, which is understandable, but uh, they really don't feel like they should have to feel any pain or suffering in any way. And uh, a lot of them are lacking a work ethic. Yeah, They just don't have it, you know, so they don't want to work and they don't want to feel any pain. So that leads to, I mean, that's kind of where fentanyl fits into that, you know, narrative because it takes them away from everything. You kind of have to, it takes good examples like, I hate to say like myself, but like myself who have made all the wrong choices and have eventually learned from them, you know, to teach these guys like, look, man, you have to suffer to gain wisdom. That's how it works. You have to allow allow your heart to hurt. That's how it becomes strong. That's, That's the key to strength, you know? Yeah. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Although Jason has had his parole hearing and has been told he must wait five more years until he can be released, it would appear there still might be some hope of a possible rehearing. Speaking of, you know, your situation, obviously we already know about, you know, what happened with your parole and that sort of stuff. Is that just like, that's that now? There's no there's no way of fighting that or, you know, a review on that or any any recourse to that whatsoever? Well, you know, I, I spoke to a different attorney and uh, he seemed to think he was going to get a PTSD therapist down here to do a fresh you know, determination on me. Honestly, I, I was fairly excited because he appeared to be inspired and thought we definitely had a chance. And then uh, I didn't hear from him for about 60 days. And turns out he's been at home, uh, has a heart condition of some type. So he's going to be back sometime in a month or so. So he seems to think we can get a rehearing. Um, yeah. You know, I've also filed a, a commutation request, is what it's called, to the governor basically telling him, asking him to commute the rest of my sentence to parole, um, which is a far out there chance, you know, very slim chance that could happen. So we've got that on the table. Um, And then uh, I've got, uh, you know, potentially this opportunity for electronic monitoring, which over here they put a a bracelet on your ankle or something and allow you to leave the prison go live outside the prison. So there are a couple of potentials. It's just, man, it's bizarre because it seems like at every turn it has been shot down or they have found a reason why it is not applicable in my case. Um, You know, and I try, I try to keep my chin up and just be, be tough about it. But I'm telling you, take it from somebody who's lived this system from the inside out. Um, Fundamentally, I committed the ultimate sin, and that is assaulting a child rapist. And for some unknown reason, this system and the people in it, there are protections for those people. And uh, if you violate those protections that are unwritten or written, then check it out. You have absolutely nothing fucking coming. That's just how it is. And, uh, you know, I would like to say it's otherwise, but it's absolutely not. I've lived it. I've lived the experience. It's amazing because obviously since talking to you, um, you know, I've been sort of looking at this sentencing for for these people, you know, the the pedophiles and that sort of stuff. In fact, I was watching a show just recently. It's based in the UK. Uh, It's called 24 Hours in Police Custody where they sort of, you know, at the start they arrest someone and then you follow the journey of what happens to these people as they go through. And they did an episode on uh, child predators and there was one guy who was a doctor, a doctor. He was a GP, a general practitioner, a doctor, seeing people all the time. They went to his house, arrested him uh, for the sharing of child pornography, basically, and thousands of files. And then they arrested another guy who was a teacher. Millions and millions of um, files. He even sat in the interrogation room and admitted to being a pedophile and, you know, getting sexual gratification um, from this stuff. And you follow it all the way through to the very end. And at the very end, as the show finishes, it tells you what happened to these people. Both of them just got suspended sentences for about, I think it was one of them got two years, the other one got, I think, maybe six months. It's and I'm just going. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, it's everywhere. It seems and, to be. It seems to be a global yeah, thing. I mean, well, 
the thing the thing too that I've come to understand, and again, maybe this is simplifying something that's more complex than than this, is if we could figure out a way where minors, children, were able to vote or they were able to own property and thus pay property taxes, suddenly the government and its laws would be much more concerned with their well-being, you know? Due to the fact that they cannot participate in voting or paying taxes, children are a commodity. That's just how it is. And, and as sad as that sounds, that's really just the, the fundamental basis uh, of what's happening here. And uh, once again, I know this because I've lived it. And, uh, you know, somehow, some way, it's got to change, and we, the people, must change it. It's something that I will work on when I am released and I walk out of here. Um, but another thing, too, that's very important to understand about all of this is if you are a person who is going to strike out at people that, you know, harm kids, keep in mind the nature of this particular sacrifice is must follow it all the way through till its conclusion. There's no such thing as, you know, physically standing in between a child predator and his victim and, and assaulting them and then getting to just walk away and everybody celebrates you as a hero. That's not how it works. The The nature of the sacrifice is every single day until the sentence is done. That's how it is. Um, and it's unpleasant and it's hurt and it's isolating, you know, but that's really what it is. Yeah. So... I'm here, and uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to carry it, you know, with my with my chin up, and uh, I'm going to not sh- try to shirk, you know, the sacrifice now that I chose to do it. But uh, you know, maybe a miracle will happen. We got a couple of little long, <laughs> far-reaching potential irons in the fire, you know. But uh, if, and I will also tell you too. There, you know, I've lived in this environment a long time, and if there was a guy who should get out um, on electronic monitoring or otherwise, it's me. I've taken every one of their classes. I've had good conduct. You know, I've got achievements and things I can get out and do that are very positive. But, and, the, but uh, the thing is, Jason, you are, you're not a danger to society. I mean, obviously they go, oh, you know, well, he be, you know, he attacked these people, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so what you're saying is that you think he's a potential danger to a very small minority of the the population uh, who are an abhorrent right. section of the the you know right. the the community um, and that's what right. you're concerned about you know it's, I mean but we've right. you know we've spoken about this before yeah. but this is the thing I know we have an I have an attorney who joins me on uh, on the show to discuss the cases and when I told him about your situation with parole he just shook his head he said there's literally there's absolutely no reason for that 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 ruling at all yeah. there is so many other options yeah. available you know, as you said, ankle yep. monitoring, you know, home detention yep. even, you know, just something that's yep. not in there. Yep. yep, yep. Anything anything that would allow me to actually actively give back, you know, because the, the environment, even from a societal point of view, you want someone like myself out there able to represent what he's learned and his progress to others who will listen. An important thing. And, uh, you know, at every turn... You know, by way of example, the the system I live within, I just got a response yesterday, in fact, that I had I had put in a request three months ago to to ask them to allow me to receive one copy of my own book, <laughs> and I got the response last night. It was funny. The the superintendent of this prison says, uh, upon analysis of this title, this book is not appropriate for a prison environment. 
And I'm thinking to myself, you, okay, so the book that I wrote, the words that I say are not appropriate for a prison environment. And yet I am in this prison environment. (laughs) I could say whatever I've written to anyone I wish every single day of the week. It makes absolutely no sense. And the reason why allowing me to have a copy of my own book is so important is because then I could further you have one minute left. an achievement like that, which is positive to other people and tell them, check it out, bro. This is what we can do if we start making good choices or we start acting right or whatever. You know what I mean? There's power in that. And uh, these people that run these institutions, they're just ignorant. They're just ignorant. So, you know, it is what it is, but uh, we're going to have to work together. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff you're doing, like putting the, putting the spotlight on it, it's a big deal, Jack. So I appreciate you, man. You have one minute remaining. Are you in a position to be able to give me a quick call back? I just got one more sort of quick question. Yep. I want to just run past you. Yep. I've registered that number now, so yes, hopefully it'll, it'll just put yeah, you straight yes, through. Yes, I will. I'll call you right back. All right, legend. All right, brother. Bye-bye. And unfortunately, thanks once again to the Alaskan DOC, Jason was unable to call me back as the system that usually takes 24 hours to pick up my fake US number seemingly stepped up its game and immediately blocked my number as soon as Jason hung up and he was unable to call me back. One thing we didn't get the chance to discuss in depth with Jason is the fact that he now has a book out. It's called Avenging Child Sex Abuse. It was co-authored by Jason and Joshua Long. The book explores the subjects of child sex abuse, flaws in the justice system, as well as other topics of this area, including vigilantism. The story is told through a series of case studies based on interviews with real-life vigilantes who are all serving sentences for their crimes. Now, I've put a link to the book in the description of this episode, as well as a change.org petition that has been set up by some wonderful OMR listeners to try and get some attention on Jason's parole and get the attention of Governor Mike Dunleavy. So all of those links are in the show notes of this episode. As always, we'll remain in contact with Jason as he continues to work towards his eventual release, whenever that may come. One Minute Remaining is a Mashed Pumpkin production, created, hosted and produced by Jack Lawrence. Audio and sound design by Jack Lawrence and Dom Evans of Earsay. (laughs) 